Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to TC Live, presented by City Washington. Summer tennis tradition continues. It is Championship Sunday in our nation's capital, and it's been rocking in Rock Creek Park. So who will be the ultimate power player on D.C.'s Supreme Court of Tennis? Multiple trophies to hand out today. Yannick Sinner, Mackie McDonald meeting for the first time in the City Open Final. That is at the top of the hour. And then Danielle Collins going for her second title in as many weeks, taking on Daria Kazetkina in San Jose at 7 Eastern, the Russians' fourth final of the year. With that, we welcome you into our studios in Santa Monica. Steve Weissman, coach to the stars Paul Anacone, and TC Live's newest star, former world number five Jeannie Bouchard. Great to have you here. Thank you for having me. I I was going to get you some Tim Hortons, (laughs) but there are no Tim Hortons in California. I, I got the donut connection, though. Okay. I, I'm usually the donut. Can you if order you, them if, in for If them? you told me that, I would have brought donuts. But we'll just stick with the tennis today. Okay. All we'll right? S- we'll stick to the tennis. First time on the big desk. Welcome to the family here. Jeannie, you've been doing a fantastic job all week. Thank you. I've been trying to improve every day, improve my skills in this whole new world I've entered in this week. Yeah, well, we're, we are so happy to have you here. And, of course, in Washington, D.C., they were so happy, Paul, to have Rafa Nadal for the first time, a member of the Big Three, playing the City Open. What impact did Rafa have coming to this event? I think it's pretty simple, right? We saw the practice courts. We saw what was going on in the practice courts earlier in the week. They were packed. Everyone wanted to watch him play. He got to do a little bit of sightseeing, so he saw some of the great sights in Washington. And Rafa's competitive juices once again came to the surface. We saw him tough out an amazing match against Jack Sock, where we weren't sure if he was even going to compete the next day. And uh, it was amazing. Gina, his, his competitive spirit is amazing. Isn't he just incredible to watch what he does? It is. To be in a, what is a smaller tournament for him and visibly injured, limping between points against Jack Sock, but for him to still compete till the very end, even raise his level in that third set tiebreak, and that's why he is one of the greatest of all time. He rode his bike around town. You said that. He met a dog named Rafa. That was cool. He got a $50,000 check for his foundation. All in all, pretty good week. Yeah, you could tell that the crowd really appreciated him being there. They were really getting into it in the matches, and, you know, I think he'll, he'll take away some match play, but a new experience for a new city. He said he had never been there. And, and look, we don't get to see him play often, but when he's in these sites, everyone loves to see him come around. And with all the great players, whether it's Serena or Rafa or Roger, the clock is ticking. No one's beaten father time yet, so we have to enjoy it. And uh, last time I heard, uh, I believe he's in your neck of the woods today, hitting some practice balls, getting ready for the Canadian Open. So things are good. Yeah, we'll have more Rafa talk later in the show. Tennis was not the only sport he was playing in D.C. as well. We'll tell you about that later on TC Live. But two men remain for the title it's coming up top of the hour here. One of them is Yannick Sinner. He'll be taking on Mackie McDonald later today. Sinner 
taking on the 20-year-old American Jensen Brooksby, Paul, in the semifinals. Brooksby hadn't lost a set all week until this match. Yeah, it's been fun to watch Jensen Brooksby all week. Today, uh, yesterday was a different story. Sinner's power did a great job. Brooksby was up 5-6, love 40, triple set point, wasn't able to convert, and then Sinner used the power to get through the tiebreak and just steamrolled after that. Boy, did Sinner look sharp. A lot of offensive play finished at the net. We usually don't see Sinner up there that often, but against Brooksby, did a nice job dictating from the back using the power ground strokes and wasn't afraid to win. So that is a heck of an effort for Yannick Sinner. Sinner came to D.C. on a four-match losing streak, and Jeannie, look what he has done so far, not dropping a set. Which of these wins stands out most to you? I think this last one, just because he was down, like Paul said, uh, down love 40, even with a big serve uh, playing against, like as a man with a serve, which is a little more than a woman with a serve, he still had to uh, really be focused on those points. And what I've liked to see from him this this week is his kind of calm, confident demeanor. He looks very focused. He looks like he wants to avenge those last four matches that he lost. Yeah. And wasn't yesterday different for him, too, because he was kind of he was supposed to win. Right. So different kind of pressure for him yesterday. That's right. It's totally different when you have that expectation, first of all, from yourself, but also from the outside world of who you're supposed to beat. And he did that handedly. Such a mature player. First Italian to make the final at the City Open. Mackie McDonald, first American to make the final since John Isner in 2015. That year, Kane Shikori won the whole title. Yesterday, Paul, it was McDonald who took out the former champ. Boy, this was amazing stuff, too, with the quicker guys on tour sliding on hard courts. My ankle turned just watching the match. I had to tape up after watching these guys slide around. Really nice job, the first set from Mackie McDonald. A lot of power groundies, one battle. The court position was up an early break in the second set, and I thought he was going to run away with it. He was up 3-2 and then lost a bunch of games in a row, and here is Nishikori getting ready to win that second set, and he's tough in the third. But, Jeannie, Mackie McDonald was really mature, did a really good job. I was impressed with him mentally. What was your take on it? Yes, those were exactly my thoughts. He's also one of those cool customers. No matter what's happening on the court, he looks very calm, very collected, doesn't get too high or low. So I, I love his attitude on the court. and Very impressive from him, but I do have to wonder about his fatigue level for today. He looks fired up there. I think he's got some energy still to come. Mackie McDonald, biggest win of his life. Paul, here's his city road to the final. What stands out? Just about everything. Taking out the 2019 champion, Nick Kyrgios, first round. Thought there might be a letdown against Benoit Paire. You never know what you're going to get with Paire. And he found a way through in three sets. And again, Avashka is very dangerous, very comfortable in that match. The match with Dennis Kudla, 3-2, and two, was a solid win. Kudla was playing great tennis all week. And then the adversity yesterday, I think, to come back after being up a set and a break and then losing four straight games to turn it around in that third set to win against someone like Nishikori and to give yourself a chance at a 500-level event for the first time. That was impressive stuff from Mackie. It's awesome. First career ATP final. Jeannie, what do you remember from your first final on the WTA? That was back in 2013. Yes, and I was actually up a set in a break in that match. It was in Osaka in Japan against Sam Stoser. And I remember being so nervous and very disappointed that I let that lead slip away in the end, and I only won my first title later on. So I'm um, sure he'll be nervous today, but probably very excited. And he has nothing to lose, so he should really go out swinging. 
Yeah. Started the tournament outside the top 100. Now he's back in the top 65. Whoever wins the final, guaranteed to reach a new career high. So a former NCAA champ on the men's side in the final at the City Open. We've got a former NCAA champ on the women's side as well in the final in San Jose. Danielle Collins will be playing Daria Kazetkina. Kazetkina has had a remarkable season, Jeannie. This is a player who took out the top seed, Elisa Mertens, yesterday. Yes, she's won two titles this season, and we know she has that potential to be to play at the very top. She's been as high as 10 in the world, and so you know that she has that upside. Very crafty player, really good on defense, but also has offensive options and really can mix up her pace as well to disrupt her opponent. 22 winners, just 11 unforced errors in this match. Hit five aces. Kazakina said, I spent quite a lot of energy in the previous matches. It was important to play this one as short as possible. And then Danielle Collins had never reached a WTA final before winning the title last week in Palermo. J.D. Danimal's on fire. Nine straight wins now. She is, and across two different continents on two different surfaces. She came from clay and now dominating on the American hard courts, which I think she prefers. So this is right in her wheelhouse. Made only nine unforced errors, so you can tell she's locked in. She's seeing that ball really big. Playing aggressively, but controlled and not making errors. Spent just 52 minutes on court taking out Anna Kanya. Won 94% of the points off of Kanya's second serve. Converted six of nine break points. 18 winners. Danielle Collins back-to-back finals now. So she will take on Daria Kazakina, the final in San Jose. Jeannie, I'm curious because past two weeks she's been traveling no coach, no family, no friend. I mean, a straight solo dolo. How impressive is that? It is impressive. I think sometimes it's good to reset and have to depend on yourself because ultimately that's what you have to do in a tennis match. And so she's probably figured out ways to win on her own, figured out her routine and what she likes, and it's clearly working. She's in like a habit of winning now. When she goes on the court right now, she's expecting to win. Well, first of all, I'm a little confused. Jeannie, can you help me? What's a solo dolo? Do you know what that is? <laughs> I did not know what that was. I just ran with it to not embarrass Steve. <laughs> I, th- I think Jeannie did. Look, she continues to light it up this week, Steve. Could you tell me what a solo it's, dolo it's, is? It's a rap lyric, but solo. Like, so it just rhymes. Is it, was that from 2 Chains or? <laughs> that's my guy, 2 Chains. Is that your guy? I didn't know that's that. That's no okay. evil. He'll tell you. It's my guy. Thought you, thought you were more of a ASAP Rocky guy. That's usually on the weekend. Or is it ASAP? ASAP. Oh, my gosh. See? See, I'm the old guy, and he's making the mistake. <laughs> Thank you. Know that. Edward I set you up for that one. <laughs> Paul, who, who's going to have the edge in this final between Kazakina and Collins? I don't know. They both had such comfortable wins yesterday. It's hard for me to pick. You know, I, I was wondering if Collins this week at some point – all of this travel, the different surfaces would hit her. I think she should play better and better. Kazakina, to me, is such a great rhythm breaker, and that's the one card that she holds, which I think could be problematic for Danielle if she uses the slice, the high rollers to get it out of the strike zone. But I'll tell you what, uh, what the way Collins has been playing, she gets the first strike in, it's going to be tough to defend. What do you make of the fact that they played earlier this year? It was a three-setter, and it was Kazakina that took out Collins. How much of that match matters later tonight? I think both players will maybe try to remember what worked and didn't work for them in that match. But every day is a new day and every match is a new match. And no matter what happened in the past, anything can happen today. I do think if Danielle can dominate and assert her game quickly, then she has the upper hand. If Kazakina can move her around on the court, use her rhythm disrupting, then she has that advantage as well. 
Kazakina, two titles already this year. That's what Danielle Collins will look to accomplish. We've got you covered 7 p.m. Eastern right here on Tennis Channel. A lot more still to get to. It's both a score and a celebration. 40 love. We've got plenty of love for Roger Federer as he turns 40 today. John Wertheim gives him a birthday message. Plus, we break down the draws for the Canadian Open next week. And the debate rages on. Should there be coaching in pro tennis? You won't believe what Paul and Jeannie have to say. Stay with us. It's TC Live. Tennis Channel Live is presented by City. For the love of community. For the love of progress. City. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Steve, Jeannie, Paul back on TC Live, presented by City. The tennis world heading to the great north next week. The Canadian Open, 1,000-level events for the men and the women. The men are in Toronto. Jeannie, what's the best thing to do in Toronto? The best thing is to go to a Raptors game. Okay. That's a good call. I like that call. Is Kawhi coming back? Is he going to leave the Clippers and go back to Toronto? No, come on, Steve. <laughs> I don't let's know. Get, let's, let's, let's not take a turn to negative town here in Santa Monica. We're going to keep it positive. What, why is it, for the Raptors, that'd be great. Yeah, but they, won, they won the NCAA championship. We've got we to gotta be, you know, we got to be He's not on my side. Yeah. <sighs> Today we won't be on his side <laughs> That's right. about anything. <laughs> We're debating all day long. Uh, there's no debate. Some call it the six, right? Toronto, and yes. Rafa Nadal going for his sixth title at the Canadian Open. He is the defending champion there, winning the title in 2019. That was in Montreal. Had no trouble, Paul, with Daniil Medvedev. Dropped us three games in 70 minutes. I tell you what, this was when uh, Medvedev was trying to show everyone just how close he was to greatness. But that man right there continued to try to stifle the march of Daniel Medvedev, 6-3-2-0. Nadal was all over the court playing such great tennis. And uh, as, as you mentioned, up until this point, he had won four titles in Canada, very comfortable on the hard courts. People forget how good he is on this surface. The guy is great. Uh, let's just hope he's injury-free this week. We saw a couple good matches in Washington. Hopefully he can build on it. Rafa going for his sixth Canadian Open title this week. It would also be his 36th Masters 1000. That would break a tie with Novak Djokovic. And he could get his revenge, Jeannie. Potential second-round matchup with Lloyd Harris, who he lost to in D.C. You got to love the draw gods. They make interesting (laughs) scenarios happen. And this is going to be a tough rematch. I think it will be obviously tougher for Harris, especially because he it was the biggest win of his career so not only playing an opponent in such a short amount of time which as a player i always felt so mentally t- hard to do it's it's rafa and he just beat him last week so very hard for him very hard that match will be on tennis channel early in the week uh paul i'm curious casper root comes in winning three tournaments in three weeks but those are all on clay right so he's 0 and 6 when it comes to masters 1000s on hard courts in fact 
He has a losing record on hard courts overall. What do you expect to see from Casper in Toronto? Well, hopefully he was watching Daniel Collins this week go from clay to hard courts. If he did that, he'll be doing just fine. <laughs> Look, he's a great athlete. He's a great player. There's no reason he's not going to be really successful on the hard courts. When you win that many titles in a row, three titles in a row, yeah. I don't care what level, what surface, this kid is on the brink of greatness. But you mentioned it. I wonder how quickly he can get comfortable on hard courts. Jeannie, what do you think? He's had a little bit of a break. You think he'll be sharp right from the beginning? Yes, you see that happen with some of the players who stay in Europe and and take that time and often only play the Canada tournament as their first one. And so that's kind of the mid-season break, and hopefully that gives uh, him and all the players who choose to do that kind of a mental like refresh. Tough match, potentially also against Marin Cilic in the second round, a major champion. A lot of great matches in Toronto. The women, they are in your hometown of Montreal as we take a look at some of the projected second-round matchups there. And wow, there are some good ones. But first, how about your defending champion, Bianca Andreescu, first Canadian woman to win the tournament in 50 years. It was a tough final because Serena Williams had to retire down 3-1 in the first set with back spasms. Jenny, you had a three-set match against Bianca in the first round of this tournament. What do you remember about BB's run to the title? Yes, uh, unfortunately, I lost to her in the first round of this event in a tough three-set match, and she she was playing well and just kept that going, and so impressive for her to have that first tournament back from a couple months off from yep. injury to just go and win the title and then continue on to win the U.S. Open. That was a nice moment there at the end, some encouraging words to Serena Williams, and then, yeah, as Jeannie just mentioned, it goes on to win the U.S. Open against Serena Williams in the final again. Here are some of those projected second-round matchups. Could be an all-Canadian affair second round. Layla Fernandez, Bianca Andreescu, Jeannie? Yes, so that's always a tricky one. It's, it's kind of weird for the fans because they don't know who to cheer for, but overall I think great for Canadian tennis that we have two players like this just battling it out. It's how I felt when I played Bianca a couple years ago. Uh, but all these matches look so great and interesting. I think uh, we're going to have some great matchups. The return, Paul, of Simona Halep. All right. Haven't seen her yeah. since Rome, and she could take on Danielle Collins, who's on this incredible winning, winning yeah, streak. Yeah, Danielle Collins is going to make the long trek from uh, kind of coast to coast and <laughs> in, in different countries, but a long trek. But for, for Simona, I'm very curious to see what this long layoff did for her. You know, is she going to be sharp? Is she going to need a little bit of uh, rap, uh, repetitions to get, to get comfortable? She's so good on the hard course. And, and for Collins... Today she's got to focus on what's going on where she is, but that would be a fun one if it happens. Looking forward to all those matches. Jeannie, you'll be here with us for the first part of the week with those matches, and then you're actually going to Canada as well. That's right, yes. Yeah, so I'm continuing here until Wednesday, and then I'm going to be a trader and go. <laughs> no, not a trader. You're a team player. Right? You can tell. <laughs> and broadcast for someone else. I'll be in Toronto at the desk and uh, looking at both Montreal and Toronto. Canadian TV. So as long as your American TV is a tennis channel, no trader. We'll okay. still give you lots of love. Okay. Team player. Yes. Of course, Prakash and Danny will be in Toronto as well all week long. Our coverage starting at 11 a.m. Eastern every single day. We are leading up to the top of the hour. Mackie McDonald, Yannick Sinner playing for the title at the City Open. Don't go anywhere. Bouchard, Annika, and Weissman back on TC Live, presented by City. Top of the hour, Championship Sunday rolls on. Mackie McDonald and Yannick Sinner going for the title at the City Open and then the final in San Jose. Can Danielle Collins make it back-to-back weeks with trophies? 
taking on the Russian Daria Kazetkina. Well, we've got a conversation about coaching in pro tennis that was sparked by Stefano Tsitsipas, bringing it back to life. A tweet saying that coaching on every point should be allowed in tennis. Nick Kyrgios said, well, I disagree with you, Steph. I think we should figure it out alone. The great Billie Jean King agreeing with the Greek star, saying coaching on every point should be absolutely legal. Here is what former Sloan Stevens coach Kamal Murray said on TC Live recently. You know, tournaments 250 and below are still tournaments where there should be some teaching going on. It's where the players that are up and coming are learning how to win matches, learning how to make adjustments. And if we're trying to groom the next round of stars, those are good platforms to do so. I really do think that it's so important for players to figure it out on their own. That's the integrity of our sport. That's the way that we were raised. You know, it's my assets, my best assets, whatever they are, speed, serve or lack of serve, the way that I'm able to figure out points on the fly and adjust my tactics. I think that's really important. Mm. All right, so, so Tracy says, says no coach, and we've got the world-renowned coach here. We've got the world-renowned player, so who better to debate coaching in tennis than these two? Janie's been debating since sixth grade, Paul, oh, so uh, you're up against it either no, way. I got zero chance. <laughs> Should there be point-to-point coaching in professional tennis? We'll start with you. I think absolutely, yes, there should be coaching. It should be legal because... At the end of the day, it's happening constantly illegally, and that just advantages the foreign players who are speaking in different languages. We don't know what they're saying, the coaches are saying to the players. It's hard for the umpire to catch it, and so if you just prevent it, it's, it's 100% all the time happening anyway. Might as well make it legal. That's, that's a very good argument, actually, especially about the fact that it's happening all the time and the foreign languages. I haven't thought that mm-hmm. much about yep. that getting warned or whatever. I, I, I'm going to take a different tack with this because I'm on the Nick Curios team here. Nick and I are playing doubles on this one. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of think that tennis, one of the reasons I love it so much is that it's individual. Is there's no place to hide. There's, you have to center court at Wimbledon or the U.S. Open or in Canada, and you have to figure it out. And, and as a player, I always felt like that was a great part of your learning curve. And as a coach, I feel like as a coach, part of my job is to help to give the player tools to figure out what to do under extreme duress. I think that we don't celebrate that enough. I actually think we need to celebrate the individuality of players having to figure it out themselves because I think that's one of the key themes that makes it so unique in sports. Um, so I ultimately, unbelievably, respectfully disagree with this. <laughs> unbelievably, respectfully. I accept that. Okay. I just think if you look at all the major sports, what other sport does not have coaching during the game or the match? Even in individual sports like golf, you have your caddy, boxing, you, you go to your corner of the ring. And tennis is is the only one where we don't have that. And I just wonder if we would have an even better product. What if matches that are lopsided, if the player could hear what her coach was going to say during the match instead of only after, what if we get a closer match, a better match? TV personality, marketing person, better product. Jeannie's got that. I love that. That's true. It makes for more fun, right? It gives you more to talk about. Um, Like I said, I I just still have to sit on the, I love the fact that you have to try to figure it out yourself because I think that that's one of the key themes in our sport, and I'd like to try to celebrate that. No coaching in skateboarding. No coaching in motocross. Okay. 
I said, I said major a, sports. How about curling? Do you know what they do in curling? Well, it's a, a doubles team, so they kind of coach oh. each other, you know, in that aspect. Curling, big, big for the Canadian, Tiddly right? Tiddlywinks, what are they doing, Tiddlywinks? <laughs> There's no debate that Tennis.com is the home for all your tennis needs. And right now, David Kane writing a four-part countdown of Roger Federer's most significant major victories. Plus, Joel Drucker on the 15-year anniversary of the USTA naming the National Tennis Center after Billie Jean King, who agrees with Jeannie. And it's Chef Coco with a shot. How the teenage superstar is serving up aces in the kitchen. The show, just al dente right now. We're cooking up a birthday feast for the one and only Roger Federer. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Welcome back to TC Live. A big 40th happy birthday for the great Roger Federer, whose career has been defined by numbers, but there is one number he has defied. That is his age. John Wertheim with more on the birthday boy. He has 20 majors, and today he has twice as many years. He has won three points in a game more times than you can count, but today... He finally gets to 40. Yes, Roger Federer was born on this day in 1981. Not the year of the goat, that was 1979, but the year of the rooster. And there was little to suggest that greatness awaited. Neither his mother, a South African, nor his father, a stout Swiss engineer, was an athlete. They nurtured him, but they hardly pushed him. If anything, they encouraged Roger not to spend so much time on any one pursuit. But talent is a destiny that must be obeyed. And when it came to maneuvering a tennis ball or maneuvering around the tennis court, Roger Federer was a talent jackpot. Shortly before his 17th birthday, he played his first ATP match. Shortly before his 23rd birthday, he won his first major. And then they started coming in a rapid clip, three a year in some cases. While most of his success came in his 20s, his 30s were plenty rich too. Shortly before he was 36, he won Wimbledon for the eighth time. Shortly before he was 38, he came within a point of winning a ninth. There was a time when age 30 marked the tail end of a tennis career. 35 marked eligibility for the senior tour. Age 40? Forget it. Jimmy Connors reached the second week of the U.S. Open at age 39, and it was seen as the ultimate defiance of time. When he was 39, Roger Federer reached the second week of Wimbledon, and it was seen as a disappointment. He'll arrive at the U.S. Open seeded, but that's weeks away. Today, it's Happy birthday, champ. And here's one to grow on. The big 4-0. Happy birthday, Roger Federer. You coached him for four years. What, what are you sending? What's the birthday gift? What's his, 
What does he want? Just good health, I hope. Yeah. You know, he's struggling with the injury. And uh, I think every player's goal, um, aside from the achievements, is really to finish how they want to finish. And for me, that's all I want him to do is to be able to make the decision in his own mind when he's done, not he has to be done. Of course, the tennis world is sending out their happy birthday tweets and Instagrams and everything for Roger Federer today. Uh, Jeannie, when you think about Roger Federer turning 40 and still he just made the quarterfinals at Wimbledon, the, the oldest in the open era to make the quarterfinals at the All England Club, what comes to your mind? I just realized I forgot to tweet or Instagram something. <laughs> I will do it right Our after. social media maven didn't, didn't get on, on online? I'll do it right after the show. Okay. No, I've been a long-time Roger fan. I just, and then meeting him in person has been so great. He's always so gracious. He takes the time to, to talk to you, to look at you in the eye. He'll, he'll walk through the players' lounge at a tournament and speak to anyone who comes up to him. We've bonded over twins. I have a twin sister. He asked me for advice on how to handle twins. He obviously has two sets of those. So he is just all around a great guy. How about that? Asking Jeannie for advice. Uh, So, Paul, of course, Roger pulled out of the Olympics, pulled out of the lead-ups to the U.S. Open. What do you foresee for Roger Federer when it comes to New York? Look, I really don't know. It's such uncharted territory. And, you know, like I said initially, I just hope he can get healthy and and decide when he wants to stop on his own terms. Um, the rigors on your body, the professional tennis genie, as you know, is so tough. And at 40 years of age, to have to try to figure out how to do that for two weeks over majors is incredibly tough. So I just hope he can get healthy and then he can just sit down and, and kind of let things happen and decide when he's had enough. And you've had some unique experiences with Roger Federer. Take us back to 2012. What happened? So in 2012, I won the junior singles event and doubles at Wimbledon. I had to put that in there. <laughs> and he won the men's championships. And so I asked him for a picture at the Wimbledon ball. I just found out that Paul was there as well. And I did not ask <laughs> Paul for a picture. But I was shade. very happy. And I do have to admit, this picture is cropped because on the other side of Roger is the boys' singles champion, who was also Canadian, Philip Pelowo. So sorry for cropping you out, Philip. <laughs> But we have this picture with all three of us uh, in a giant size format at the National Training Center in Montreal. And I think it's great for the future young kids training and inspiration, an inspirational picture and moment. Yeah, that, that's amazing stuff. By the way, Felix Ojealiasim, also birthday today. Happy birthday. Turns 21. Does Roger, real quick, does he get 21 majors? Does he win one more? I love Roger to death, but I don't think so. I never say never. I've just agreed to never say never with great athletes. And I'm sticking with it. I hope so. I want to agree with you, Paul. <laughs> For once. They, they don't agree at all today. Maybe it'll yes, happen. We do. Maybe it'll happen next. We've got the best of the best coming up next. Speaking of, look at these matches. Top of the hour. Mackie McDonald, Yannick Sinner. Don't go anywhere. Number one, but Sinner can end the week as the number one guy in D.C. Plan for that title. It is coming up top of the hour here against the American Mackie McDonald. Jeannie, uh, you, by the way, are our new social media leader and followers. You surpassed Andy Roddick. So in the <laughs> TC family, Jeannie Bouchard, 1.6 million on Twitter, 2.1 million on Instagram. And you tweeted this, the gold medal for the Canadian women, bringing home that bacon. Yes, and then I got a lot of comments saying, you mean Canadian bacon, right? And then that was just unintended. But so proud that we can 
accomplish things like this. The Summer Olympics for Canada are not our strong suit. We're obviously very strong in winter, but we're becoming stronger in summer now. So it's so exciting to see that we can be good and great in other sports besides hockey. Speaking of gold, how about the Corda family? Going on their way to world domination, Seb's sister Nelly taking the gold medal in women's golf in Tokyo, Paul. Unbelievable. I got to watch... uh... The last day of this, and they get the rain delay, and then to watch the composure of Nellie Corda just doesn't get flustered at all. Just amazing stuff between her and her sister and Seb. I think they may take over the world. <laughs> I said they need to have a reality show called Keeping Up with the Cordas, and Steve said Keeping Up with the Kordashians. Ah. You know, I, I feel like they need Nellie's number one in the world. She won a major this year. Now she's a gold medalist. Sebi is on the way to world domination as well. We also have some sad news, Paul, in the tennis world, the tennis family, and someone near and dear to your heart. Yeah, the passing of Mike DePalmer Jr. Uh, late, late Friday night, very good friend of mine. You guys did a nice little hit yesterday, uh, Jason did. Um, you know, Mike and I go way back. We um, <clears throat> went to the University of Tennessee together. We grew up together at Balateri's, uh, so we've known each other for uh, since we were 13. That's a photo of uh, the U.S. Open where we got to the quarters. Mike was really kind of a mentor. He, he, he was uh, a year older than me at Tennessee, taught me how to, to really learn how to live when you're supposed to live. That's him grimacing right there. That's because he's afraid I'm going to hit this overhead in the net. That's Mike. He's probably right. <laughs> I'm going to hit this overhead in the net. But he, he taught me how to learn. Uh, he taught me how to uh, deal with winning when you're supposed to win at Tennessee. I, I'd never dealt with that before. I became a good college player. He really helped me understand that. More importantly, on the Pro Tour, when you win and lose every week, I was a very emotional winner and loser. And he was so good at really understanding every week there's a new opportunity. He had a great balance in that. Um, when we got successful in the pros, um, I hope Mrs. De Palmer's not listening to this. When we got successful in the pros, we both had Porsches, and Mark's, uh, Mike said, Paul, follow me. So I followed him. We went out to this abandoned airstrip in Knoxville, Tennessee, and we raced our Porsches all afternoon. We had people sitting in, in benches watching behind, and we had such a good time. So many great stories with Mike. Just one of the best people uh, that you'll ever meet. And, and he's one of those guys that, you know, if you're not around him a lot, you'll get up next to him and you haven't seen him for a long period of time, and you just hit your stride. Just makes you feel so comfortable, so at ease. And I talked to him up until about last Friday when he was really struggling and still so positive and, and so... Uh, happy and so happy to hear from me and from everyone else. Um, my heart really goes out to Michelle and her brother David, who spent the last week with them really trying to help a lot. Joey as well. Uh, Mike's son, Logan, Mrs. De Palmer, we love you. Uh, the tennis community loves you. We love Mike and we always will. You know, Jimmy Arias um, said something which was really interesting and, and actually hit, it, hit, hit home to me. Yesterday was pretty much of a wreck. Um, Jimmy said to me, Our circumstances may change in life. But our connections do not. We can celebrate that part of life that never dies. So, Jimmy, thanks. Mike Jr., I love you. We miss you. And we'll carry your spirit ahead. Beautiful tribute there, Paul. Mike DePalmer Jr. has passed away at the age of 59. We send our love to his family. We get it. Distractions happen. That's why we designed the fully electric, full-sized Volvo EX90 with the latest technology to keep you and those around you safe. 
Its two-sensor driver understanding system is designed to prevent distractions and help you stay focused. Reserve your Volvo EX90 today. Learn more at volvocars.com slash US. Welcome back. Just about five minutes away to the walkouts in D.C. Mackie McDonald, Yannick Sinner for the title to City Open at 7 Eastern. It is the final from San Jose. Daria Kazakina taking on American Danielle Collins. Of course, the tours shift to the Great North tomorrow. And we've got even more Canadian flavor right now. Jeannie Bouchard is still triumphant. Jeannie Bouchard back into a WTA final. This has been a comeback party. Playing confident tennis. I'm training, and uh, as soon as I'm ready, I'll be out there and more motivated than ever. Well, you have absolutely crushed it all week long. Great debut on TC Live. Thank you so much. I was so nervous. <laughs> you got to update, update the world, though, on your health, because you're here because of the fact that you had shoulder surgery. That's right. I did have shoulder surgery about nine weeks ago now, and so I'm just in the process of doing the rehab. It's a long journey, but it's going as well as expected, and I just got to keep that up. Hopefully in about a month or so I can get on the court and just start that slow progression of ramping up my training. When you go through, I remember being injured at the end of my career, and I just remember the mental battles of expecting stuff that my body couldn't do, especially initially in the rehab are you what are you doing to kind of prepare yourself for the journey versus going from a to z yes well that's an important point paul because you have to go very progressively and it's kind of weird to be in a i was in a sling for four weeks and to take it off to do rehab and i'm just doing simple you know arm raises like that when a, a couple months ago i was swinging in a racket at 100 miles an hour so uh, as an athlete, to feel your body not do what it normally does is definitely a bit hard mentally. But I see the light at the end of the tunnel, and I know it's just temporary. So I'm okay with it. Well done. You know, so a, a month is the goal to get back on the court. When can the world expect to see you playing a tournament again? I think at the start of next year. Uh, I, I need time to train more. You know, my first couple of days on the court will be 10 minutes with a soft foam ball. And so I need to start there and get all the way to playing practice matches before I play a real tournament. And as we see with all these great players like Roger and everyone is taking the time to be healthy before they play. And I think that's so important. You know, to build up the volume and everything. Is there, what, is there world team? What's in the There is world team tennis. I Indian am signed Wells. up for that in case, okay? in case, as a possibility. Case. Maybe I'll just go as a cheerleader Coach. or a tennis channel <laughs> correspondent. There you or... go. Who knows? <laughs> now you have 50 different roles you could play. Exactly. So as long as I'm, you know, always doing something else, obviously rehab is number one, but it's just been such a great time to, you know, try something different, challenge myself. Get some new skills. There you Plan go. for the future, right? Exactly. All right. Well, we look to see, look forward to seeing you back on the court. You got three more days here with Tennis Channel. Yes. And then, yeah, who knows? Maybe you're always welcome back. Am I? Yes. Of course. You've passed the test. Of course. So I just listen to you two for that, or there's anyone higher up that needs to tell me if I'm invited back. Husker. Well, listen, listen. Husker. Ross, Ross has Come, been in. Ross, uh, Ross, are you there? Ross, do we the have the voice of God in our in Bob, our ears? Bob, are you there? <laughs> Where's Ken Solomon at? Uh, no, you're welcome back. Paul said it. Here's the doubles final from earlier today. As Neil Skupski and Michael Vies, they were on top in the first set, Paul, but it was Clausen and McLaughlin that came out 
had five set points to start this tiebreak in the first set and closed it out. Fun to watch uh, Raven Clawson still play so good up at the net. He was all over the net in the tiebreak. Second set came down to that right there. How about a missed volley on a no-ad scoring point to close it out? So really a heck of an effort for those two guys to tough out that match. Could have gone either way, but uh, for Raven Clawson, the uh, veteran, nice to see him hold up a trophy again. Back-to-back City Open title. He won with Michael Venus. Solid. Back in 2019, and now Venus loses to the guy in the final. All right, we're just moments away from the walkouts in D.C. Mackie McDonald, Yannick Sinner. What are the keys for McDonald in this matchup? I hope McDonald has recovered from last night. He had a very physical battle in tough conditions. It was humid. So I hope he's done everything he can to be ready for today. I think he – I love his game. I love his backhand. He's, he can do a little bit of everything. And I think he just has to let loose and, and just take, take in the moment. The first ever ATP final for Mackie McDonald. On the other side, Yannick, he's still a teenager, Paul. He comes into this final as the favorite the higher-ranked player. What do you want to see from Yannick Sinner on the court? Well, it's going to be interesting because yesterday Sinner did such a good job. I thought that was going to be really tricky for him. He's supposed to win that match, right, against Jensen Brooksby, and he's supposed to win this match. Well, he did it once, so today he gets to go out there and feel the same kind of pressure in a final, and I expect Sinner to do the same thing, use those big, powerful ground strokes to try to get on offense. But for Mackey, if he can get on the baseline and steal his time, he's got a good shot. All right, let's go to San Jose. We've got Danielle Collins, nine-match winning streak, but she's never beaten Daria Kazetkina. Who are you picking here? Yes, I think Kazetkina can be a tricky opponent for Collins. We've seen that in her past matches, losing in a tough match to her. And so I just think Collins needs to try to do that first-strike tennis, try really take advantage early in the point before Kazetkina can let her game control the point. I think that's key. I mean, Jeannie hit it right on the head there. I mean, if Danielle can get that first strike in and make it really difficult for Kazakina to use that variation to get her off balance, she's got a good shot. If Kazakina is stationary and she can use the slice and the high roller and kind of junk ball her and get it out of the strike zone, that's going to be a problem for Danielle. So first serve, first strike for Danielle. And every second serve you get a look at, send a message, be really offensive. Jeannie, over, under... Five loud come-ons for Danielle Collins in this match. <laughs> you know, she was more subdued yesterday in her semifinals, and I think she just looked extra kind of focused, and I think that's a real sign of confidence that she doesn't feel the need to almost hype herself up even more. But it's a final, so you know what? I'm expecting all of it. Uh, I asked Jeannie about this earlier, Paul, but the fact that she has no coach with her past two weeks, wins the title. Uh, what does that say to you? Well, I'll tell you what, as a coach, I'm not going to say too much because I don't want to talk all of my peers out of jobs here. Right. Okay? But it goes back to the coaching on court. Players have to figure it out, and she's figuring it out. I'll tell you, it's been impressive to watch. But she really does need somebody. She really does need somebody. <laughs> or, or not. Every point. Individual <laughs> Every point. There you go. There you go. All right, players coming out onto the court. You see Mackie McDonald walking there. First ATP final a moment he will remember for a lifetime. Paul going to go call this match with Brett Haber. The five seed, Yannick Sinner, coming out. Turns 20 in a week. Can he celebrate his birthday early? Fantastic debut for Ginny Bouchard on TC Live. Thanks for joining us. We've got the men's final at the City Open coming up next. <laughs> 